Our conversation from BAE Systems. Hello, I'm Tim Smith, and welcome to an Our Conversation special edition about diversity and inclusion. Colleagues from around the world are ready to talk with us, and we report from the BAE Systems Women in Engineering Conference. First, Ian King is with me. Ian, why do you think diversity and inclusion is important? And also, how does it benefit the company, do you think? Well, if you think of our strategy, we are the most diverse company, both geographically and product-wise, in our sector. So in that extent, you know, when you think about the number of people and the different cultures that we have in our organisation, we already have a diversity challenge. What we're trying to do is to make our organisation inclusive for everybody to be able to perform in that company and to benefit both the company and their own careers and to treat them as inclusive people within within the company. And I think that's the challenge for, for all of us. I think we're making inroads. I think it's on people's agenda. They see it as part of the strategy and not something that the Corporate Responsibility Committee wants to do because if we are an inclusive company, we will attract the best people from all walks of life and all cultures to join our company globally in every country that we operate. And do you think it's important for people like you and other senior managers within BE Systems to keep focused on this on a constant basis? Absolutely, because, you know, sometimes these are seen as the soft tasks in life, but they're the hardest ones that you've, you've got, which is to change the culture of an organisation. It has to come from the top. If it's important to me and it's important to the people that lead the company, then it's important to everyone else. And we all have to operate in an inclusive environment. And I'm sure we've all got stories of our own when we were either growing up. You know, I came back, uh, you know, from Singapore uh, with blonde and bleached hair uh, when I was seven. And believe me, going into a a rural Scottish school, I didn't feel very inclusive in those early days. (laughs) And so I think we've all got stories of what it's like to not feel part of the team. And then we work out how we become part of the team. And if we can make that journey easier for everybody, then we have a much more efficient and rewarding organisation to work in. And given the way that perhaps uh, companies have changed over recent years and have had to move forward, has it become easier for for companies like BA Systems to generate diversity and inclusion? We do have some restrictions in terms of security clearances, and so we must use that not as an excuse, but as a reason to jump higher and to to make this easier for people to join our company. If they join quicker and they feel more rewarded, then as I say, we're a much more efficient company will satisfy everybody who works our company and our customers. Okay, Ian, for the moment, thank you. Well, on the line now is Guy Motmany. He's Senior Vice President Finance in BAE Systems, Inc. and sponsor of that business's Multicultural Network. Guy, nice to have you join us. What's the idea, first of all, behind the Multicultural Network? Hi, Tim. It's nice to join you as well. Several years ago, we began an initiative to create an umbrella, uh, which we allow various employee resource groups to develop a program that supports their development needs, whether it be the Women's Inclusive Network or African Americans for Excellence. What these employees are attempting to do is create a venue in which they can further their initiatives to make sure they have opportunities for development, because we believe an organization that feels included is far more engaged and will be able to drive business performance more favorably. And what's the reaction been like to this then? It's extremely difficult for an employee to be engaged without first being included. And we really see employees get excited. We recently did uh, a um, Veterans Awareness Month where employees were able to uh, really get out and engage their community by creating parking spots for combat wounded warriors. And it really created some excitement and it really drove 
additional engagement by our employees. I think when employees are excited, they get engaged, and they really drive performance. What we show in our in our data is the employees that join these groups are far more likely to be high-performance employees. They're far more likely to be on succession plans, and they're really helping drive the performance of the business. We want to get our employees engaged. The multicultural network gives them opportunities to get further engaged and allows employees across borders to really get engaged without necessarily uh, you know, working within one separate site. Guy, thanks very much for joining us on the program. Uh, Tim, it's been a pleasure. I've been a big fan of the program and I've enjoyed uh, listening over this past uh, year. So thank you. Thank you again. Okay, we're off to Saudi Arabia next. Well, next, let's hear from colleagues in Saudi Arabia. Fahad Al-Halfan is Community Investment and Diversity and Inclusion Manager. Fahad, how will diversity and inclusion help drive the business in Saudi Arabia forward? Well, this is... uh a very important question. Uh, I believe that the uh, the diverse inclusion will result in uh, in a skilled workforce, uh, where all individuals are realizing their full potential uh, provides us with a real competitive uh, advantages. Um, additionally, I think uh, a diverse workforce, uh, which better reflects our customers. Uh, will enable us uh, to increase our global presence uh, through an improved uh, understanding, uh, specifically in our business. And Alan Nood El-Sheikh, your Senior Strategy Coordinator, what's your experience of the progress that's been made? Uh, My personal experience is a great one. Uh, We started in a level in a different stage and we progressed we uh, developed and uh, things have uh, changed dra- drastically uh, we were in a lower grades we uh, we didn't have any chances uh, uh, it was all about uh, male uh, community but uh, nowadays we can see that ladies are more uh, they have more chances uh, they are in more senior uh, levels we used to be treated as female and uh, now we are treated as an employee. Alanud and Farhad, thanks for joining us. Well, to Australia now, where Gosha Davis, Project Engineering Manager, joins us from Adelaide. Gosha, hello. First of all, what percentage of engineers in Australia are women? And also, has the environment changed for female engineers? Oh, hi, Tim. Um, when I graduated, that was probably about 10% of engineers in my course. I've recently given some talks at Adelaide Uni, and to be honest, that hasn't really changed. There's still about 10% of engineers in the electrical and electronic stream. So on one side of the equation, it probably really hasn't changed that much. Um, However, on the other side of the equation, then the way that engineers integrate in the workplace um, and the sort of policies that are put into place to improve diversity has certainly come a long way. So what's being done to encourage more women into engineering careers in Australia? Well, for example, BAE Systems is participating in a number of um, uh, initiatives out there. The STEM uh, group is one of them. Being a a female engineer, I feel personally that I have a role to play in that, in being a role model for the next generation. And I go out to schools and give talks to kids about engineering and for me that works twofold it works for the girls because they can see that there's a female role model it's okay to be an engineer or be interested in the sciences if you're a girl Um, but for me the powerful 
aspect of that is even more in that it's the boys that see that females can also hold technical roles. Gosha, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Great. Thanks, Tim. It's been a pleasure. Now, in the UK, the National Women in Engineering Day was set up by the Women's Engineering Society to celebrate its 95th anniversary. The aim is to highlight the work that women do in engineering and also showcase the great engineering careers that are available. BAE Systems held an event in Birmingham to celebrate. A welcome from me to our BAE Systems Women in STEM uh, event. Peter Fielder, Managing Director of Performance Excellence. When we decided to sponsor this uh, event, uh, you know, I was really keen uh, to make sure that we learn from the delegates uh, and therefore that we can make sure our activities and actions are focused in the areas that can make the most difference um, most quickly. It's actually really nice to see it being driven from the top and they're saying the same messages that we've been hearing for years but you don't always necessarily hear them from the top. I'm Brooke Hoskins, um, Director of Applied Intelligence Labs. We have to challenge the norms and practices and we have to celebrate the differences that women can bring in, in leadership which will enable us to harness the diversity and give us a competitive edge. I want to try and change perceptions of STEM, particularly young girls and particularly ones that come from ethnic backgrounds. It's my father and his side of the family. They don't see this as a viable career option. They still don't, even though I'm in it. Diversity and inclusion, it's a big part of my job role, so I'm trying to look at what I can do personally, but also what we can take back into the business and how we can help females and apprentices in the business. We're making sure with all our early careers, opportunities, apprenticeships, high apprenticeships, undergraduate, graduate intakes, that we are accessing the female market and we're looking at that through all levels uh, in the company to the higher executive level. Peter Fielder, speaking there at BAE Systems Women in Engineering event. This is an Our Conversation special edition on diversity and inclusion. Let's look now at two examples of how flexible and agile working has been introduced in parts of the business. Michael Partridge, Project Manager, BAE Systems Australia, joins us from Melbourne now with news about the Agile Work Project. Michael, hello. Hello, how are you going? First of all, obvious question, what's the Agile Work Project all about? So Agile is about flexible working arrangements, i.e. working remotely, working where you want, where's best to work and when's best to work. Um, and it's also about that output focus. So regardless of where and when, it's about what you're doing. There is a trust base, right? You know, there is people saying, I'm working from home today um, or every Tuesday or, or whatever it is. And there's an element of trust and an element of the loop to be closed to make sure that you can verify that that, works, that output's being done. And how has Agile Working helped you? For me personally, I think it's, it's made things better because what it's done is it's actually allowed me to understand my, I've got a team of about 20 to 25, it's made me understand my team more because of that output focus. I've got a young family and my outputs allows me to tailor my work times around things like childcare and, and family engagements and, and, and the like. Not so much in me doing it, but having the team awareness that those things do occur and that it's okay to work flexibly and if I do miss a couple of hours here, I am online at night and... It's, it's that understanding piece. So it takes a bit of time, but you get there eventually. Michael Partridge in Melbourne, thanks for joining us. No, no worries, Tim. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Finally, Gary Mitchell is IWT Manager for Manufacturing Ships in Scotland and won a Chairman's Gold Award for Schedule-Based Working, which is used in part of the shipyard. Gary, first of all, what is Schedule-Based Working? 
Hi Tim, yeah, it's scheduled based working, it's basically giving the guys control of their own their own workload for the week. Um, they're basically getting paid for their output and, and, and not their attendance as such, so basically the productivity is in their hands, the quality, the safety, everything is in is revolved around about it, so if the guys meet their target um, by a certain time they can get to go home. Um, so if they do it within 37 hours, they do it in 32 hours, they can go home after 32 hours, so it's been very, very successful. And how did people receive this new way of working? Um, the guys in the shop floor um, are a bit sceptical, um, but they went with it. They, we earned our trust as it went on, and now I think in our department, um, the trust levels between the guys in the shop floor, management, staff, is as good as it's ever been, and um, I think that we now trust each other at a level that has never been uh, achieved before. It's made them a, greater, a better a better team, it's given them a better bond, and it's, it's, it's made them care. Which is good news. Sounds like morale is now good. The morale now, I would say, is much, much better in the shop. As I said, it's a greater, a greater team spirit. Um, obviously, the guys are all aiming for the one target. Um, you've got people helping each other out in the past where they probably wouldn't have. You've got people fabricating pipes and people welding pipes. So these people now work together. Whereas in the past, they might not have. They might not have really cared what one another did, to be honest with you. But now they've got the end goal where they've got to get X amount of pipes made in a week. Um, on an early basis, so that means that they've got to, got to work together, and that's been, a, that's been a real big success as well. And that's great to hear. Gary, thanks very much for chatting with us. Thanks very much, Tim. It was a pleasure. Well, that's nearly all for this programme. Ian King is still with me. Ian, looking ahead, what are the future challenges, would you say, for BAE systems around diversity and inclusion? We know that there are certain uh, areas like getting women in through STEM subjects and girls into through school to want to do engineering and join our company. You know, when we look at the number of people that we get in apprentices, it's increasing all the time. Uh, when you look at the uh, ethnic balance of our organisation, we just need to keep on working that. So we, you can see improvement and you can see momentum, but is it fast enough? No, not really. We just need to keep on driving it. How important do you think it is, Ian, for the company to modernise working practices and also to explore areas like agile working? For, for me, it's one and the same thing of inclusive uh, working because, you know, if, if we're not allowing people to work to their full behaviour because of you know, personal commitments they have or the structure of their life, that is not a very inclusive company. So we have to be more agile. There are different ways of working. We've got to recognise that each of our businesses has a different dynamic. It's very different if you're operating in a shipyard than it is if you're operating an applied intelligence business, which is software-related. So we do have to be more agile and keep it driving forward. I think we do things better, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, sometimes it's a comfort blanket for people to say, you can't do something differently. We just need to give them permission that you can do things differently. And it goes without saying that it's very important to have an inclusive culture overall. It is absolutely inclusive. Otherwise, not all of us would have the jobs that we've got. And I'm sure that if I had not worked in a company that was willing to give me the chances when I joined the company, I probably wouldn't be the CEO today. Ian, thank you very much. No, thank you, Tim. And that's it for this Diversity and Inclusion special edition of Our Conversation. I'm Tim Smith. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Our Conversation.